0: Welcome to It Is What It Is, or Is It? I'm your host, Kay Francis, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Knoxville. I'm the author and creator of the It's It's, a children's book series, and my podcast topics will draw from my 40 years of experience in the fields of psychology and business. That includes executive coaching, training, and online program development. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back and ready to discuss divorce or not to divorce. That's kind of an interesting subject and one that really needed to be talked about because unfortunately that number just keeps increasing. In one of my previous podcasts, I shared that I've been divorced for many years, yet I remain an advocate for divorce because I am a firm believer in the institution of marriage. With love and nurturing, a married couple can provide each other with much pleasure, contentment, joy, security, and love. However, before we discuss today's topic, let me be loud and clear and speak about something that needs to be talked about when we're thinking about divorce. If you are staying in a marriage out of fear of any kind, or you have to protect your children from the other parent, you are probably in a relationship that will never be good and will likely worsen. And divorce may be the healthiest choice for everyone concerned. Suppose you are married to a person whose behavior is self-destructive and has been destructive to the mental, physical, or emotional well-being of you or your children, if you have any. My thought is run, Forrest, run. Divorce and never look back. I also have that same recommendation for any abusive or domestic problemed marriage. Even if your partner seeks professional help, enters into therapy for their self rather than as a way to entice you back, I still recommend that you immediately move out or find a way not to live under the same roof with them. My best advice in this instance is to File possibly for a separation if you're not ready to divorce, and if necessary, file for an order of protection. If after a year their therapist suggests marriage counseling, then it's all up to you. But don't agree to marriage counseling out of feelings of guilt, sadness, or obligation. Just continue to move forward with your life. If you choose to go to marriage counseling, don't move back in. Not until the marriage counseling has proven to you, without a shadow of a doubt, that they actually have changed, and there's a possibility trust can be rebuilt, and whatever you do, don't let him or the therapist suggest you move back. Stay status quo until you are absolutely sure this is what you want. Living under fearful circumstances is challenging at best, but for everyone's safety and sanity, it needs to be done. The decision to leave usually doesn't come until you no longer can stand what the destruction is doing to you. You are worn down, beaten down, depressed, anxious, fearful, and have mostly lost any or all feelings of self-worth, confidence, or physical strength that you once had. That there is help for you. You need to become familiar with what your community can offer in the way of assistance, such as safe housing, financial help, food, clothing, and other basic needs. If you have a church community, don't be embarrassed to ask them for help. They will help and can lead you in the right direction. Even if you're not a member of a church or any other type of organization, they are still good resources. To direct you to nonprofit agencies within your community that do provide such services. Another suggestion is to speak with a friend or someone you trust that can recommend a clinical social worker or family therapist that can help you throughout this difficult time in your life. Remember, you are not alone. Many people find themselves in these similar positions at some point in their life. If you are a believer, don't forget to the most powerful resource, and pray, ask for help, direction, and guidance as you try to move forward and to make a better life. Now that I have laid out serious reasons that divorce may be the only safe and sensible option, we will focus on today's topic, divorce or not to divorce. I don't know how many of you listening today are in that stage of pondering of whether to divorce or not to. But if you are pondering, that tells me that you are not quite ready to make this major decision. You need to understand more about what is happening in your marriage, and that brought you to contemplate divorce. Marriage counseling is an excellent place to gain insight and objectivity about yourself and your situation. Here are the most frequent statements that I hear from clients considering divorce. My partner never listens to me or pays attention to me. I can't have a legitimate complaint with my partner not becoming defensive or shutting me down. My husband doesn't make me feel attractive or desirable. My wife doesn't seem to be attracted to me anymore. My partner cannot cuddle with me or just hug me without wanting sex. We can never agree on anything and have nothing in common. If she's not complaining, she's nagging. He only spends time with the children when we're on vacation. We don't have any fun together. He's a couch potato. I lost respect for him. I lost respect for her. He refuses to stick to a budget. She refuses to stick to a budget. I can't stand his family, and he never takes my side. She runs all of our decisions by her parents for their approval. I resent that. In-law issues, that can be many different things. We don't agree on how to raise our children. I'm lonely, my partner just isn't present. We no longer have meaningful conversation. My partner spends more time with friends than with me. My partner always has to be right and doesn't want my opinion. My partner believes they know what's best and expects me to accept that. My partner puts me down in front of friends. My partner is easy to anger and is very negative. My husband doesn't help me around the house. My wife doesn't keep the house clean. My partner cheated on me. Hmm, that's just a few, but those are the ones that stand out. Have you ever heard the expression, everyone should be married and no one should be happy? Where did that saying come from? I don't have the slightest idea. But my best guess is that it came from a man or a woman who had many of these complaints. A man or a woman who didn't know how to love and make another person happy. Remember self-love? We've talked in depth about its importance in your life. Just let me remind you again that if you can't love yourself, you won't be able to love anyone else in a meaningful and healthy way. I'd like you to take a little time and do a little exercise with me. We all know that anger and resentment build up over time. So for the sake of this exercise, I'm asking you to put aside all of the anger and all of the resentments that have built up toward your partner. And I only want you to do this for a brief moment. And here's what I want you to do. Ask yourself, can you still see something good in that person? Can you identify that something? Maybe it's a personal trait, a certain attribute, maybe even a mannerism or whatever else comes to mind. Then my next question is, If your partner could make the changes that would allow them to be more like the person you fell in love with, would you consider doing whatever it takes to find out if your relationship can be rekindled? If you can think it's a possibility, then you are not ready for divorce. Suppose you both determine you still have some feelings, however buried they may be, and you are willing to seek professional help with an open mind. I want to lay out for you a few things that you will learn and discover as you go about the process of getting help. You and your partner will become more aware of your personal issues and how they impact your marriage. You will gain a better understanding of each other. You will discover what went wrong in the relationship, why it went wrong, and how to correct it. You will learn more effective communication skills and how to fight fair. You will be given new tools and skills to help you improve your marriage. But if you choose, or either of you chooses, to not execute these tools or skills, I can promise you nothing will change. What the two of you have been doing as a couple hasn't worked. So why not invest a little more time and try something different? What do you have to lose? Look at it this way. All marriages have problems, but in your present relationship, you know what the problems are. In a new relationship, and I am here to tell you, it will have problems too. Trust me on that. You don't know what the problems will be. So why not try to fix what you know rather than facing a new set of problems that you have no idea what they are? Just saying. Marriage is never easy, but it's much easier than dealing with all of the upheaval financial stresses, emotions, and feelings that divorce creates. In my years of counseling, I've only had one couple that handled their divorce easily and confidently, but then they both wanted the divorce, which made the decision-making less complicated and more congenial. Another big factor was that they were both emotionally mature adults that still respected and liked each other, but agreed that they would be happier moving on in their separate lives. After they were sure about their decision, they made an appointment for family therapy, and they also brought their children to sessions to ensure that they had an opportunity to ask questions and express feelings, such as any fears or sadness or anger they may be experiencing. I discuss this particular divorce case for only one reason. It is rare. In my work with divorce, I wish I could tell you that most couples divorce in a well thought out and sensible way, but it just isn't the case. Divorce can be a big mistake if done impulsively, especially when you haven't explored your reasons or options. I can't tell you how often I have had clients tell me that if they had it to do over again, they would have stayed and worked to save their first marriage. Divorce can be hurtful, messy, inequitable, revengeful, and downright cruel. So stop and think long and hard before making such a decision. Here are 17 basic questions for you and your partner to ask yourself. I would recommend that you each answer these questions separately so each of you has the space to answer thoughtfully and honestly. One, When did I first notice that I was unhappy with my partner? Two, what is my partner doing or not doing that makes me unhappy? Three, did I openly and honestly discuss my unhappiness with my partner and give them specific examples in order that they would have a better understanding of what I was feeling? Or do I keep all of my unhappiness to myself, letting it fester? and letting resentment build. Four, do I ever ask myself if there is something I'm doing or not doing that could also be contributing to the unhappiness or negative feelings I am experiencing in my relationship? Let me give you an example. Never liking gifts you receive from your partner or not noticing or appreciating something he or she has done to please you. Then, when they stop doing these things, you become hurt and angry and accuse them of not caring. So what you wanted, you didn't get, but you never showed a real interest anyhow. What is the natural thing for someone to do? Kind of give up. Another example is the husband speaks up in therapy and he says, You really hurt my feelings when you ignored me. And the response from the wife was, Now you know how I feel when you do blah, blah, blah. So she hasn't listened. She hasn't shown the respect of hearing what he really wanted to talk about his feelings, and she took it all back to herself. If she continues that, there's no way to go but for that husband to shut down completely and just never share anything again. Number five, what is it that I want and need from my partner? You first need to identify your needs and wants and ask yourself, are they reasonable? Then, ask yourself the big question, am I willing to give the same in return? Remember, good working relationships require give and take and respect for each other's differences. The same differences that probably attracted you to your partner in the first place. Six, what is the last time I surprised my partner with something I knew that they would appreciate? Or maybe they even ask for 7 how often do i communicate with sarcasm accusations or other negative ways of expressing myself 8 do i disregard a legitimate complaint from my partner 9 do i tend to be defensive or argumentative when we disagree 10 do i really listen to my partner if you want a greater understanding and increased knowledge About your partner, then be a good listener. There's a lot to learn when you listen. 11. Do I laugh with my partner? When was the last time we laughed? Humor is healing. 12. Do I feel comfortable being vulnerable with my partner? And if not, why not? This is a very important question to be able to answer because to be vulnerable, you have to feel safe and trust. 13. Is it difficult for me to express my thoughts and feelings? Fourteen, am I a positive or negative person? Fifteen, do I tend to internalize everything and turn it around to be about me? That's kind of like that person that didn't listen to the husband, the blah, 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 blah. Don't respond with a statement. Just simply listen. 17. Am I willing to work on myself to try and save my marriage? So those are the 17 questions that I would ask. There's probably many more, but at least this will get you started. Now let me talk about the four main issues that disrupt marriages. Poor communication, inadequate listening skills, finances, and sex. Show me a couple that learns how to communicate effectively, share their feelings openly, And listen thoughtfully, and I'll show you a couple that will effectively work through any financial, sex, or other issues they may have. No marriages always run smoothly, and none are without their challenges. But to expect your partner to make you happy, confident, and feel good about yourself is unfair and unrealistic. No one can do for you what wasn't done for you in your childhood and what you haven't learned to do for yourself as an adult. In healthy and loving relationships, partners don't need to fix one another. Rather, they need to enhance one another and have each other's back. I hope I was able to give you some new perspective on the subject of divorce and maybe even some help to slow you down before making this major decision. I highly recommend you get quiet, turn inward, and listen for guidance. Listen for direction. It will be time well spent. As I said in the beginning of today's podcast, I am an advocate for the union of marriage because with two mature adults, it offers amazing experiences for each of you. When you know how to love, be respectful of each other, and how to give and receive, it's worth the work. Don't rob yourself from saving what was possibly the best gift you ever had. Our next podcast will be What are the best parenting practices? I always look forward to working with parents because it's kind of a thankless job, but the one that's so important. And I think that this podcast today, if you're a parent or even thinking about becoming a parent, will be interesting for you and maybe even an eye-opener. If you would like to submit a question or suggestion of a topic, you can email me at Capital K, capital F, R is in red, A is in apple, and N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, A is in apple, the number one, at gmail.com. And I'll do my best to answer as many questions as possible, and I'll also try to consider your topic. Have a safe and blessed week, and remember to be proud of who you are.